0: This is a Glass Box Media podcast.
1: Welcome to the Blank Podcast, a podcast where we talk to well-known guests about their lives, their careers, and navigating those difficult moments along the way. I'm Giles Paddy Phillips,
2: and back in his place, Jim (laughs) That's how I should have done it. That's how what I was trying to do last week with the intro, but I just um, Mm. had a blank moment. I faltered, you know, I faltered and I failed. You faltered and you failed. And, and there's a book there
1: about is. that, actually, yeah. Jim. And you, you can get it on good Shops and online. It's that. How to. <laughs> Why <how to, audio laughs> it's fine to falter and fail and how to pick yourself yeah. up again. You can also buy it in Korea now and you can get it in an
2: audiobook. Are we. Thank are you. We goodbye. Number, are we number one in Korea?
1: Is that, that what's, what's happened? Yeah, we've been number one in Korea. <laughs> That's podcasts. I don't know about right, books. okay, we'll, we'll get there. We're, we've conquered yeah. podcasts already. Same so amount of we'll time. we books as well. Um, and number one in Cuba as well. So I'm hoping that there's going to be some sort of. Huge Cuban podcast festival that we'll oh
2: get God, to. Uh, I would definitely do that. That would be great. Yeah. That would be great. The Podcast World Tour. Oh, that would be... That's I mean, the surely, way forward, surely that's the next step, isn't it? Like, surely that's... that's Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I was listening to the Guardian Football Weekly, and obviously that's got a far bigger listenership than we have. Yeah. But they did some gigs in Australia. Yeah, but
2: Max Rushton lives in Australia, doesn't he? Well, I know that, but... but you know. Know, so, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. But... Um, well, we've got listeners all around the world, so yeah, surely we could do similar.
1: Yeah, we need to get some sort of, um... Tour manager. Yeah, some sort of global... <laughs> yeah! <coughs> global tour.
2: Anyway, we'll on it. I mean, that's that's for another year. Yeah. For now, we're just at home, cracking on with our pods. Oh, yeah. and this week's, my word, this week's is a fascinating... <laughs> oh, it ticks so many boxes for me, because obviously, footballer, big tick, um... Incredible, life-changing story, Big Tick. Lovely anecdotes, Big Tick. And a lot of positivity, Big Tick. So Mm. it ticked a lot of boxes for me this week's episode. Yeah, it'd be the Big Tick
1: episode if we were going to call it. We're going to name this one. But, um, yeah, it was amazing. And obviously it's how Robson can't do. I say obviously because it's obvious to us because we've just... And the name is on the... uh, Uh, yeah, yeah, and I was, yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah, I've got that. And <laughs> um, we do advertise, I <laughs> yeah. guess.
2: <don't> <laughs> Imagine if there was. And would that work if you did them with a surprise each week? Well, like a surprise, yeah, like a mystery Probably guest would do, every actually. week. That's quite a good idea. Ah, oh, we should have done. that. We should that. do that at some point with, with a mystery guest.
1: Mystery guest, and then you have to you have to listen to find out. You'd have. I think you have to you'd have to be quite a yeah. big name.
2: Would people would that actually make people listen more or less? Would they think, oh, maybe, or, or you
1: could. The other thing you could do is to find well-known people, well, people with the same name as a well-known person. So, like you say, this week we've got George Clooney, but it's George. It's not the George Clooney. It's George Clooney, the IT assistant, uh, the IT support man. (laughs) Uh, And then, yeah, why not do that? Oh, this week we've got um, we've got Michelle Obama. (laughs)
2: It's, it's not the Michelle Obama. No, Michelle Obama, the hairdresser. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah. I think people get quite annoyed quickly with that, unfortunately.
1: But yeah, but each week you still listen just to make see if it was and then now and again you could throw in a real person. Uh, and then the key, yeah, so they would... keep people on their toe. Yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> this week we've
2: got the real. Anyway, it's good
1: to it's good to spitball we've got these the real... ideas.
2: How Robson Carney, great guy. We have uh, Premier League footballer. Played for Wales, uh, scored arguably Wales' most iconic ever goal. I think probably, th- probably re- is. Funny enough, I rewatched it after we did the pod. It is a great goal. I think it's bearing in mind that Wales' record in national tournaments, international tournaments, was not great before that, and that was the furthest mm. they'd got. Semi-finals like 2016. I think it's probably Wales' best ever goal. I think they did a poll now of Wales' best ever goals. I think it'll win.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. He is a fantastic guy, and he did, did allow us to indulge yes. our football talk a yeah. little bit, didn't he? But the main thing we were talking about was this. In, his his remarkable story around um, discovering the health benefits of turmeric, yeah. and he's obviously started a company that um, they make turmeric shots. And it was he had some very, very career threatening injuries very early on as well, mm. like when he was 15 and then 17. You know, really could have re really, you know, could have really curtailed his um career and um kind of against I guess against the advice of some of the medical professionals he dealt with, he he sort of dabbled with um alternative mm. remedies like turmeric, which has got an anti-inflammatory mm. properties. And um him and his dad well, his dad did a yeah. lot, yeah, yeah, a lot yeah, to yeah. do with it, came up with this cocktail of um natural ingredients that have just
2: changed his life completely like life-changing it's a fascinating story uh and i could have listened to him talk about it all day really and he he's a fantastic speaker as well because he talks from a real place of passion and positivity so um combined that with a really interesting life story i mean he's an absolutely perfect guest for this episode um so yeah i'm sure you guys will, will enjoy that and find it fascinating as well and you know, at times he was talking about literally the sort of the, the compounds and the breakdown of why this this potion works, and I was thinking, I wish he'd been my science teacher at school because like, I would have actually been interested in science if someone was actually talking about it in this kind of way. Mm. When of course mostly it was just like, don't stick the bunsen burner, you know, on your book or whatever. Um, that's <laughs> i well, no one did that. That's what came into my head. Um, anyway, uh, this is a fascinating episode, and and. As you say, he allows us to indulge in the football side of things as well. And um, he, he went on from those horrific injuries to have a fantastic playing career as well. And now he's moving on to basically changing people's lives through this turmeric potion that he and his dad has worked on. Um, and then he also talks about the future and what that might lead to himself back in the game. So, yeah, great guy. I, I think you'll see a lot more of him. Not just in the footballing world, but in general, because he's, uh, he's someone that's going to change a lot of lives. Oh,
1: I mean, he's got to do a TED talk, I think. Definitely. It's like, you know, like a, yeah, like a life, like I say, life changing event that he, that in that he, him and his dad creating yeah. this, this um, these turmeric shots, which, you know, he's, again, he's, he's, go to training and like his teammates. Oh, yeah, start, it's mad um having it as well and it was just yeah revolutionary to their um and, and probably
2: prolonged his career. I think we should delve into it because we've teased it enough now and I'm sure people will want to find out exactly mm. the what where why and who and it's a great story. So uh this is how Robson Cano on <laughs>
1: Well, Hal, thank you so much for joining us today. It's really lovely to see you. Um, I wanted to start, if I may, talking about turmeric because uh, I'm really intrigued by the whole thing because I did start taking supplements not that long ago and um, I did notice a massive difference. Um, Tell us a bit about your kind of story with regards to discovering turmeric as a as a useful um tool for particularly obviously with inflammation and and uh how that helped you with i know you had some very difficult times of injury so tell us a little bit about discovering turmeric
0: yeah no certainly and uh, thank you very much for, for having me on the uh, on the show guys looking forward to, to talking and yeah to turmeric it's um yeah so it's one of those wonder ingredients which has been used you know for centuries um in different cultures different parts of the world um as a, an, an all-round uh you know health ingredient to drive optimum health and i think um whether that's reduction of inflammation reduction of pain reduction of swelling or whether it's a case of you know trying to reduce you know your cholesterol levels you know trying to improve your blood you know blood pressure and um it's it's all based on the fundamentals of you know these functional um compounds active compounds which aren't in you know the modern diet that the majority of people will eat today, which is very heavily processed, um, you know, very high in sugars, salts, um, uh, fats, which, um, you know, sustained over a period of time uh, really does impact negatively your health. And so what Turmeric has done for me and what what it did for me was it allowed me to recover from two major surgeries as a teenager um, and where the surgeon said after the second one, I would never play without pain or restriction again and I would certainly never play at the the level that I had dreamed and hoped of playing Um, and going through the surgeries, coming back from that uh, in terms of rehabilitation, He was right. You know, I was hampered with uh, pain, hampered with swelling, And ultimately, my knee was uh, inflamed through, you know, an acute acute injury that I'd experienced. And so at that point in time, I was only 17 after the second surgery, hadn't played football for for over two years, and was trying to get back into playing at a competitive level to try and, you know, realise my dreams. And um, I was just hampered with this uh, restriction. And uh, at the time, the physios and the doctors at the club said, look, you can try this alternative. Um, method of you know uh, painkillers and anti-inflammatories and up until that point again I'd never touched a a painkiller you know I was a 17 year old didn't really understand what was going on really and um, they prescribed these these drugs to me basically and I began popping them like smarties would have you know two three each day and after about seven days of using them uh, consistently my body just had an adverse effect and I started passing blood in my urine had severe nausea couldn't sleep so, you know, as if going through sort of two major surgeries, um, you know, experiencing pain and inflammation and restriction, it wasn't enough. I was then, you know, having these severe adverse reactions to, you know, what the doctor had prescribed me. And um, it got to a point where I had to stop taking these. And I turned to my father and just, you know, in a cry of help, I just said, you know, there must be a way that I can recover naturally from this Um and at that point, you know, we we basically went on a research binge. You know, we went to the public library, we uh, scoured the internet. The internet certainly wasn't what it was today. You know, this is about 15 years ago, um, but we began seeing some trends and some patterns around various different foods, and those foods were things like pineapple, things like pomegranate, things like watermelon, things like raw ginger root, and then subsequently raw turmeric root. And all of these foods had high levels of antioxidants, but also had anti-inflammatory properties. And we basically realized that actually the key here was to get them into an absorbable format in their rawest form that I can absorb. And that's going to give me a chance to potentially recover naturally or at least dampen the, the pain that I was experiencing, you know, at least do what the drugs that the doctor had mm-hmm. prescribed me would do. And so my dad, um, you know, through his genius, created this blend of all of these raw natural ingredients after sourcing them over a few days, you know, going to the local market, trying to find raw turmeric, where can I get it? And we, we found it, sourced it all, and it was all, what we were seeing, it was all, their rawest form so you had to consume it in this raw form and so my dad created this elixir you know this blend was extracting them crushing them you know trying to get as much of the raw root as much of the raw material of each ingredient into an absorbable format and I was pretty fussy as a kid you know my, my diet consisted of you know baked beans plain chicken and pasta you know that's all I was was eating so I sort of wanted something which would taste at least palatable so a few iterations down the line you know we get to a a blend um, and a process that my dad has gone through with these raw natural ingredients and it's a golden elixir in a you know sort of small little cup and remember the first time I had it you know it knocked me off my feet it was like really (laughs) potent you know but in a raw you know earthy way and in a good way but the taste was you know good it tasted good and so it's something that I could you know could do over a sustained period so anyway um my dad then basically started creating these sort of batches every three four days i'd leave them in the fridge it would take two three four a day um, in and around the light exercise i was doing at the club after a few weeks began noticing i had a bit more energy um you know then realized that you know it wasn't as achy and there wasn't actually as much swelling after i'd exercise and, and trained. and it was about six weeks after you having this product consistently you know over a sustained period of time that I woke up my usual routine was you know get out of bed head into the bathroom go into the shower and I was in the shower and I realized that that was the first time in over two and a half years that I had woken up without pain or restriction in my knee Mm, wow and it was a light bulb moment for me because like I said you know I'd been told this by the surgeon I'd been prescribed this by the doctor and none of it was working it was actually making me worse and it it was only until we went away and looked at natural ways to try and recover that I actually achieved it and the physios the doctors they all couldn't believe it because within a few months I was back playing at, the, at at that at the level I was playing prior to the injury a year after that I made my first team debut a year after that I made my international debut a year after that I made my premier league debut and wow. have used this product as almost my secret weapon throughout my whole career and at the time no one no one knew like, no one knew what I had done to you know Tip that you know that change and go in a completely different direction to where I was meant to be going, and to where so many you know young athletes, but also people mm-hmm. in general, people who have knee surgeries, hip surgeries, you know they 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 are um, they are restricted for the rest of their life, and they think there is the no solution, but there is. And so, yeah, as I said, it was a light bulb moment for me, and where I was so um, nutrient deficient. Because of my diet, they really had a profound impact, and so it it made me realise that you know there are there are alternatives out there to pretty much every and any ailment that we have, and you know we we had found one in the blend that my my father had created, and so. We use this, you know, as, as a family. And so when people would, you know, when our family, close friends and family began, you know, getting run down, they'd have a bit lower energy, we'd, we'd give it to them. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, I feel better now. You know, I've got a bit more energy. And then it was like, you know, run down in the winter season. You know, they'd be having it. And, you know, me, you know, myself, my father, um, my mum, We'd be having the product, and then we wouldn't get run down. we wouldn't get the flu, but then my brother would be have a get caught up with a bunged up with a with the with flu um would be out of action for you know a week or so you know he'd be in his bedroom could couldn't get out of bed and then so we were like, oh well, try some of this and he he, he used it, and then all of a sudden he, he he was recovered and so we just realized that not only had it helped me with an acute you know severe um, surgery and the recovery, and uh, you know the reduction of inflammation on that sort of acute injury it was also helping different people in different sort of walks of life and in different stages. And so, yeah, it then got to a point where it was now being used by, you know, our friends, our family, my teammates, because they began realising, you know, you, you recover quite quickly. Like, you're really stiff after a long session. And, you know, I'd come in and be like, yeah, we're well, good, feeling good, chaps. And they'd be like, well, what do you do? What's different that you do that yeah. we do? And I'd say, well this is, you know, probably the biggest thing. And, you know, I I use this, you know, blend my dad creates, I'll see if I can get some more creative, you know, uh, made. So by this point, you know, we had teammates, friends, family, loved ones using the product and all reporting similar benefits to what I had experienced, you know, sort of a decade earlier. And um, it was in 2016, where I was in a retail store, and I went in and Uh, in the food department and looked on shelf and i saw a turmeric shot you know literally labeled turmeric shot over over the top of it and i was like wow like finally someone realized the power of this raw root they've put it into the same format they know you know they they, they're delivering it in this mechanism because it's on shelf so it must be i'm thinking it's even going to be better than what we've been doing you know so literally like feeling Absolutely elated because now there's a convenient solution rather than my dad, you know, ruining dozens of blenders, you know, staining utensils, <laughs> yeah. staining fingertips yeah. constantly. You know, he's going to work and his staff are saying, you know, why are your fingers orange? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It laughs> Turmeric's a good. nightmare to get yeah. out, <laughs> yeah, precisely, particularly when you're, you know, processing the raw material. Yeah. And so, um Took it took it back to my dad's, you know, bought, bought a load off the shelf, took them back to my dad's, really excited, and we both went to drink it together. And as soon as it hit our lips, we spat it out, and we couldn't believe how inferior it was to what we were creating. And so it was only until we did that and then spun the bottle and looked at the back and realised, geez, this is 90% apple juice you know, this is, you know, turmeric powder, there's no Mm. other raw ingredients to help the absorption or the active compounds, and the actual base ingredient of apple is high in sugar anyway, like, Mm. there's no, there's very little functional property to, you know, apple and apple juice, and actually, it's probably one of the cheapest juices in the world, and so it's like, damn, like, wow, like, this is this can't be right. And again, it was almost like that light bulb moment where this was labelled as a turmeric shot. No, this was an apple juice shot. You know, this yeah. wasn't a. And and so, looking then, sort of doing a bit of market research, beginning to sort of see what's trending in the market. We realised that there was this growing consumer demand for natural, functional, in, you know, ingredients like products, and more importantly, in a served in a convenient format. But what we realized was that there's this massive gap where these people aren't being served. They're not being yeah. serviced. They think they are, like like I was, you know, if I had mm. read up on Turmeric Group and was just using it because I wanted some health properties, i.e. it wasn't out of necessity. I wasn't, you know, on the brink of having my dreams taken away from me, so I needed a product to actually work. I would think that this shot was good and doing what it was doing, you know, this sort of retail label turmeric shot. And so that's what a lot of customers were or had been experiencing. And so we basically made it our mission to bring our functional range of this golden elixir to as many people in as many people uh, different walks of life as possible. And it took us two years to, you know, build a manufacturing facility because no contract manufacturer would produce the product for us because it was too high quality, um, the, the the process was too complex, and the, um, the, the raw material, you know, is, is very difficult to handle. So none of the you know, larger contract manufacturers who will produce the juices that we see on shelf, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the little shots and you know these glass bottles and all of these things, you know, which has have been all very highly processed. Um, they wouldn't touch it, and thankfully they, they wouldn't because it forced us to make the decision that actually we don't want to lower the quality of the product. You know, we want to actually maintain the, the 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 effectiveness of you know what the product can do, so we don't want to overprocess it. So we had to replicate. The extraction and the um you know blending process that my father was doing on a small scale at a larger scale. And so you know we invested in building a bespoke manufacturing facility, um you know to to deliver you know this product to the highest quality at scale. Um, we obviously built the logistics of dealing, you know handling a chilled product you know shipping it throughout the UK direct to people's you know doors in an, in a convenient fashion uh, where they can really enjoy the experience of 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 receiving this type of product and uh, and yeah and obviously had to to build a brand and the messaging and and you know realize how we can differentiate ourselves between this shop which was sitting on the shelf uh, versus you know a product which was ultimately born out of necessity highly functional, high quality ingredients and is actually changing people's lives. And, you know, four years on, from that point, we've now had over, you know, 10,000 positive customer reviews of the product changing people's lives, similar to how it changed mine. You know, we're used by thousands of customers on a daily basis. um, And we've, you know, got really strong ambitions to, as I said, continue to positively impact as many different people um, as possible.
2: That is a fantastic story. I honestly was hanging on every word. That's that's just absolutely amazing. there our listeners that are not turned on to term right now, after hearing that, you got no. I don't know what's wrong <laughs> yeah. with you. I I <laughs> definitely need some. I definitely <laughs> need some of this in my life. It sounds absolutely fantastic. And I, I what I loved about that story is that the support from your dad. I mean, talk about doing anything for your kid. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And I'm guessing I was going to ask like. Was his background in cooking or, or or making stuff like this? Or was it just something that he did to help you in that
0: moment? Yeah, well my dad my dad came to the UK from Nigeria as a seventeen-year-old to study law. And um and it was only until he didn't actually tell me like and we actually launched the company, um, that his father, who passed away when he was 10 in the Biafran War, so in the Civil War in Nigeria. Um, so my grandfather was killed in that war. Um, but my dad told me that he would treat people in their village with plants, um, spices. So he was a herbalist in Nigeria. And he has, my dad tells me these crazy stories of literally, you know, People coming in with like things like cataracts, you know, and he'd come in and they'd go into the, you know, into the uh, forest, come back, you know, with these leaves and these extracts and this bark, create a liquid and you know squeeze it in and the cataracts coming off, like just crazy stories wow. where it's like that doesn't happen in our world, you know, it doesn't yeah. happen in you know sort of the westernized culture that we mm. live in, um, and so yeah, ultimately like that was obviously ingrained in him and that came through him in developing the product which ultimately allowed me to have, you know, over ten years at the highest level of my sport, you know, achieve, realize the dreams that I had, to, you know, my father knew i dreamed of. Um, and off the back of that, we've fundamentally built now a company with you know such a strong purpose and such a strong mission um yeah there's uh there's obviously you know as, as you said you know great question because the the underlying story is even deeper than you know what what has you know what we all experienced uh you know over the period so
2: Cool. Wow, I just love the idea of that—that that support. You do anything for your kids, and and he clearly did in that moment, and has gone on to change, you know, your life and, and many others. Because at that moment, sixteen, seventeen, a mm-hmm. uh, football club—I mean, that is a tough time for young footballers. Anyway, you're on the brink of, as you said, yeah. W- this pots about blank moments, a big blank moment with injuries like that, and many footballers don't recover. So that must have been, for you at that age, with your dreams all ahead of you, that must have been a very stressful and, I guess, maybe potentially quite a dark place to be in.
0: Yeah, of course. And, you know, now, looking back, you know, you can... You know, you can talk about it, and you know, obviously, out, out of you know, out of despair, you know, innovation, you know, allowed us to you yep. know come through it. But actually, you know, no, no one talks about those, you know, those nights I'd have to cry myself to sleep, you know, because mm-hmm. you know the the wound and the second surgery had become infected, and all of yeah. these experiences where you know you you almost. Obviously, you know through time, you know time generally heals. So you you almost forget the deep trauma that you experienced. But yeah, it was a, it was a really difficult period. But as I said, you know coming through that, it 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 was born. You know, so much great goodness and positivity was born out of that. And so, yeah. you know, there's some crazy, crazy uh, you know stats and data points and like things just around. Particularly with, um, you know, anterior cruciate knee ligament injuries, and you know, there, there's a recent study which says that athletes who have, um, you know, experienced a um, anterior cruciate knee ligament injury um, are 50% more likely to have a heart attack post playing finishing wow. playing wow and because of the impact obviously that it has in terms of you know that restriction that immobility and that you yeah. know and it's like they, there's actually a study piece on that and you you realize that you know what obviously what i experienced and what i came through but then what i was able to go on to achieve like i can fundamentally put that down to the power of natural nutrition and yeah. so without that you know i would be i would clearly be closer. to in that bracket as opposed to you know being in a position where you know i finished playing football last summer but i'd never felt fitter stronger healthier and it was only because of the passion i have for the brand and for the business and what we're doing that i actually you know made that decision that actually i, I want to focus on on this for this you know the next period um so yeah it's um it, it, definitely difficult times but out of you know, off the back of it, you, it shows how you can you know really come through adversity um, and and affect positive change. So, yeah,
1: I'm interested about the nutrition thing because obviously you said that you know mainly beans on toast and and stuff that you were eating. Did when you started obviously doing the turmeric shots, which again like it's innovative, innovative now, isn't it? Because you see like mm. like you've sort of uh, mentioned that you, you know, go in any supermarket or. Or or even like news agents, they'll have shots now, um, which obviously not as good as uh, you guys with regards to being able to um, have the right properties to absorb um, into your bodies. But it does seem you know that's that's quite a, not a thing that we see now. Um, but did he, did you start to sort of really think about your nutrition in general? Now I, I was talking to Jim actually before we came on air that I'm I've in recent months have been eating more keto less carbs less refined carbs as well and how much Mm. better i feel how much more energy i have and i wondered Mm. actually just starting to do those shots actually had an impact on how you were thinking about your
0: general nutrition Mm. massively and that's also what we're seeing with you know our customers as well and it's almost like what what we're doing is it's kind of it's um yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like a higher level of um, uh, education or, you know, forming or habit forming and changing because by habituously and religiously taking a shot you know each morning and that's what we say you know have a shot first thing in the morning you know in and around activity you know whenever you're feeling you know sort of a bit down etc you need that you know that boost because over time you know it's going to really that level of nutrition is going to really allow you to lead a a healthier life and you know have have, have a better be in a better physical mental state but what we're seeing is that habit forming of saying okay you know of course, there's phenomenal nutrients, there's phenomenal compounds. You know, the quality of the product and the effectiveness of the product is fantastic. But actually, just by making that action, it's almost like affirmation, Yeah, you know, yeah. and that's what we're seeing with our customers. So when you have that shot, whether it's first thing in the morning, you're just more likely to then make a healthy choice for lunch. And yeah. then off the back of that, you're then more likely to have a healthy dinner or a healthy snack because you've already made those healthy choices so it's it is really that habit forming that we're now seeing across our you know consumer base that we're driving phenomenal change through positive affirmation of yeah i have my shot every day you know do you have yours yeah i have my shot every day well then you we know that customer is literally more likely to then be making so many more positive life decisions that as we all know, you know, over consistency, over over time, give, build results. That's what delivers results in any form of direction, you know, whether it's health, whether it's performance, whether it's, you know, recovery, like it's all about consistency. And yeah, so it's a really, uh, really important and, and interesting point that you've raised. Like it's, it, of course, it widens your scope of Understanding and it opens you up to realizing, okay. Well, rather than rely on, as we said, the doctor, you know, the the pills, the prescriptions, you know, where there's a place, 100%. There's a place for that in our society, but it shouldn't be a fundamental root of, you know, health, good health, like health health is fundamentally driven through our nutrition, you know, and when you look at famous quotes from the likes of Socrates, you know, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. Like that's not a, you know, that wasn't a joke. Like that is actually like what you put into your body will dictate your health. And so, yeah, of course, you know, people and customers and who are opened up to the idea of consuming a highly functional, high quality uh, shot, um, Are going to be more open to them learning about other ways to really enhance your nutrition, but more importantly, as I said, you know, other ways to positively impact your health, your health and your life. And so, and and it's so powerful because it's like you know that if you're in that state. You're then able to positively impact those around you. So whether that's your children, whether that's your yeah. spouse, whether that's your parents, you know, whether that's your siblings, like so if we, we we and that's why we're so passionate about what we're doing because we are empowering people to have ownership of the direction of their life, and all through literally nutrition, a little a little turmeric shot. But as we said, you know, the, the journey of it, there's there's weight in the journey, you know, there's power in that journey, and we're you know we're sharing that. And you know, really building a, a movement, a community of uh, you know, forward thinking
2: people. God, I really needed to hear this today, honestly. This is absolutely right <laughs> on my street. So, I'll, I'll 100% be trying this because uh, yeah, I'm definitely in a position where I feel like I, I need that energy. I get very low energy, so I definitely feel like this can mm. help. Um, cut out so those carbs, mate. Cut out the carbs <laughs> and get some turmeric in me. That's yeah, what yeah, I got to exactly. do. Um, it's interesting you say about sort of impact the lives around you because I'm, I'm guessing at, at this stage you were at Reading,
0: I'm guessing, by this point. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I was at Reading at this at this time, yeah. So is a scholar. So I was a scholar turning professional at Reading. Um But Again, there was no guarantee, and you know everyone's fighting for their places. You know everyone's trying and wanting to become a professional athlete. You know statistics such as you know it's harder to become a professional footballer at any given time than it is to get into Oxford or Cambridge. You know it's it's like it it is every boy's dream, particularly obviously in the UK. You know at some point to become a professional footballer. So you know you're almost on the verge of achieving something you know having forging a career but as we said you know that the barriers that were up against me were significant and and again i don't i don't know anyone ever prior there was one player who had suffered a knee injury and who sort of you know was a bit of a he was i think 1920 um and he was sort of a bit of a mentor at the time went out of the game, you know, because Mm -hmm. they'd had the same injury. So it was like, okay, you know, you can speak with him and get guidance on and, you know, but he he, he was out of the game within 18 months. And so, um, you know, I don't know anyone who at that stage of their career has gone through what I've gone through and has come back to certainly not the level that they were, let alone, you know, sort of um, a, a higher level and certainly not in a position where you're, at the latter parts of your career feeling in the best condition of your life, so yeah, I think it is It is very unique
2: And, and did, you were saying before a teammate started asking, you know, how are you getting this energy and stuff, and so, and but Brendan Rodgers was manager wasn't he
0: yeah Brendan Rodgers right? was manager um, so he was manager for about 12 months um, and again you know phenomenal, phenomenal you could see he was you know destined for, for, for greatness uh, very early on you know his attention to detail, his commitment his training his philosophy his belief uh, you know everything everything uh, about him really pointed in that direction and so yeah like everyone there was they were aware and, and by that time I'd sort of, you know, I'd been back playing now, so now I was I was now being compared with, which is right but, you know, with my peers so with my teammates, you know, being compared against the first team players, you know, at sort of the 18, 19 years of age but it wasn't, a lot of people actually didn't know that what I'd gone through even then so then, so it was only when someone would say oh, he's had two cruciate knee ligament injuries and they'd go, what? Yeah. Like, what no what and it just so it was almost forgotten about and and that's what we wanted that's what I you know and that's allowed me to to kick on and you know i became you know physically you know that was one of my strengths in my physicality you know my my um, athletic ability but it was it shouldn't have been there so yeah
2: did, did you become a bit of a mentor then from from maybe younger players that have been through similar things once maybe people found out more about your
0: journey yeah yeah definitely you know there was lots of a lot of younger players who you know for, for for coming through you know academy system forging a way into you know professional sports there was a lot of guidance and players who again you know they, they 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 were lost really you know what direction do I go and what do I need to do and um really like the the key difference is what you just look for in younger players is just that focus you know that that it's almost like you see it in the eyes before you even speak to them, you know, and you can literally, you know, if this kid is going to have a career or going to make it to some degree, because they just have this, you know, this focus, this resilience, this determination inside of them where, you know, they're here and they're going to give it their all. And so you can pick that up relatively quickly. And it's very uncommon clearly, you know, because it's um, very few and far between go through the, you know, and have careers and play it, play at the sort of highest level. Yeah. But you can see the ones who don't have that, and and it's almost like if they don't have it, it's some, it's so hard to to get that because you know as much as like we're saying, as much as you may want it, you know, and may dream about it, are you going to persevere with this when you're up against? everything when everything is telling you that you should stop and go in a completely different direction do you have the resilience Mm. the discipline you know the the belief the knowledge to say no like this is what i'm going to do and persevere and push through that and it's like that to, to be able to do that you have to have an inner sense of knowing that you know that that it, it, this is this is what I'm here to do. And so, yes, it is quite fascinating. But, you know, the boys who maybe don't have that, it, you know, everyone's journey is different regardless. And there are, they will have strengths, they will have attributes, you know, outside of that. You know, I remember one, play, one player who was coming through and, you know, di- didn't quite make it within two years. You know, he was running his own estate agency, you know, and it was like brilliant. Mm. And it's like, well, that's your skill. That's your, mm. you know, your gift. So, yeah, I think it's... Um, Yeah, it's obviously, you know, really fascinating. And and, and as I said, you just try and uh, consistently offer as as much value to, you know, your your immediate circle, you know, as as possible.
1: I'm interested to know how much, like, the club um support sp- supported you in particular during that time because obviously you know if, if the medical staff on and and obviously the doctors you 're talking to are saying that there's a chance that this could impact your career how how does the club come alongside that because that's guess that 's what they 're hearing as well um and and are they you know were they open to you trying alternative um routes to sort of alleviating your issues?
0: yeah yeah they they had no idea um so they they didn't know what I was doing um and I think for a lot of um you know clubs and you know the personnel of the clubs, everyone's got good intentions, but it's about knowledge, and so this was fifteen years ago, like the knowledge gap yeah from then till now even is really significant, so it's like of course, the support was, there was willing there, you know, there was willing to support me in my journey and give me as, you know, the best advice I, you know, here's the, here's the painkillers, here's the, you know, drugs. That was their knowledge. That was the best advice they had. So yeah, I think it's just simply around that, you know, the, the knowledge gaps where, if there is a gap in knowledge or a ceiling to their understanding and again it's all generally it's through experience you know this is all relatively new you know even down to you know functional nutrition you know you see now the you know functional beverage market growing you know you see things more things like cbd which again you know needs classification you know what is it is it health is it you know is it a medicine is it but there's so much you know everything you know even um you know, alternative, alternative, you know, medication, alternative, um, you know, treatments. And then obviously there is the traditional, you know, set treatments which are there for a reason and they have value too. So as I said, like, it's, um, yeah, it's, the, the, the willing was certainly there, but there was a ceiling to their knowledge to actually positively impact, you know, the journey that I was going on. So it was, I had to do, everything that I was doing was very much through me so you know the the positive steps I went and then you know from a physical perspective you know how could I become greater from a physical perspective you know how how could I develop my body And and there were coaches and sport you know sports scientists at the club but again that wasn't they weren't at the cutting edge you know of how you can you know manipulate your body to drive you know, better biomechanics to then, you know, run faster, run for longer, you know, exert more power. And so I began from that moment and it was definitely, you know, from that moment of waking up in that shower, you know, waking up in uh, that day and going into the shower and realizing I had no, no more pain in my knee, that light bulb moment was like, Wow, like you can find you find your own knowledge, you know you explore like you take the steps to you know to 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 try and get the best for you or for those around you and so you know I was very open to new information you know, and I would learn and relearn and you know have my um you know my beliefs broken down and then rebuilt you know and being open to that and so yeah that that has a has had a positive impact. on on me generally you know over the course of you know over the course of my career and and, you know and again over the course of my life as well so yeah
2: i think it's very it's always important to be open to having your beliefs changed i think that's so important to sort of progress as a human It's it's like it's like the beauty of humans is we can get we can believe something, and we can change it. And I think if you're that sort of person, then you're only going to progress and do better. Um, have, you, have you always, I mean, you seem like an incredibly positive person here today. Have, have you always been like that, or is that something that you've sort of worked on over the
0: course of your career? Um, no, I think it's, uh, there's everyone, everyone faces, you know, sort of challenges in life, and, you know, everyone goes through different stages and, you know, the, the, the sooner that you realize that, you know, you are on your journey and, and you're ultimately, you know, experiencing this journey, like that's all you're doing, you know, so you're experiencing it. So you can take it in any way that you want, you know, you can, you can, you can react to any situation, you can, um, you know, you can set the emotional state that you want. And and that then does impact how you live your life. And, you know, it's, it, it, it's, You're always going to face adversity, you know, you're always going to face challenges, you know, and so being open to that and understanding that, you know, one thing that you can always guarantee in life is change, so how comfortable can you then be in that space of change? And that's really difficult for a lot of people because everyone likes, you know, everyone likes to know, you know, what's happening, what's coming next. Like, no one likes to be in the unknown. But when you're in the unknown, you know, the unknown never disappoints, you know, but you have to be willing to be in there. That's how you, you know, the the lucky, you know, you say those lucky days that you just had, you know, things just went for you. But if you look back, you know, you were in a space of the unknown. Like, there was no guarantee that that would happen. But you were willing to embrace it and I think yeah. it's a, you know it's, a, it's definitely an interesting mindset and not what we're conditioned to believe and interpret you know and, and that's everything and that's sort of a deeper level of you know um thinking in a sense of you know our education system our you know financial system our information systems like all of these are historically have been set in a way which, you know, is, is one could argue is relatively restrictive, is around control, is not around freedom of information, freedom of choice, freedom of decision, freedom of knowledge. And what we're seeing now in the age that we live in, you know, we're in the age of Aquarius, so there is now free information, there is information exchange at the speed of light. Never before has there been this in our civilization that we know of. You know so all of a sudden now we are open and we have these you know th- these portals to unlock whatever you desire and so yes um it's a it's a whole new concept which is outside of you know when you look at say our education system like you know what, what are you learning at school what what do kids learn at school the, the curriculum okay of course you know the, the standard you know vocabulary you know arithmetic you know language all very important but actually, like, what about emotional intelligence? What about empathy? Mm -hmm. You know, what about, like, you know, different means of, uh, you know, uh, knowledge that we may have not had access to but now is becoming more and more known? And there's just things that where actually if we changed and developed the way that we absorb information or the structures that we live in or have, you know, grown up in... That would have a significant impact as what you're saying to, to me in terms of you know it's a different way of thinking here like that's not really the norm because we are conditioned not to think like that we're conditioned to you know do as we're told you know think what we you know only know not that there is something out there that we maybe do not know and um yeah so it's a. Uh, it's definitely a different way but i think it's um it really allows for as i said you know for for you to be open enough to 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 sit in in places of change and be comfortable and and you know be happy and be positive and you know be 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 grateful for everything that that we have and you know there's so much when you look at the world that we live in today there's so much entitlement around everywhere you know there it's like you know you'll wake up today and Know, in your room and you're like you know what this is this is what a rubbish day. you know this is I should I should have more than this now I should have yeah. well hold on there's a roof over your head we've got electricity we've got power we've got internet yeah. you know we've got information we've got portals that we can literally learn anything you want to learn we have food we have water you know we what <laughs> <laughs> this is like we're living in in a you know, utopia. Like, you we're living in... This is unbelievable. Like, it's incredible. And so... And yet, people will still focus on negatives or... Yeah. Yeah. Because we've been conditioned to focus on the negatives, you know, bad news, you know, the, oh, no, disasters, you know, wars, oh, famine, et cetera. And it's like, well actually there's there's a lot of there's a lot of good there's a lot of good and um yeah so shifting that thinking does does really impact you know your your direction and your your own trajectory well,
2: how would you like to be my life coach because i think i would <laughs> run through walls for you <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, um, I, I appreciate that, but as I said, like it's, um, I'm pretty busy at the minute. So,
1: um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it would
0: take a lot of hours to life catch you.
1: I think. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm honestly, it's 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 really fascinating talking to you. I'm re- really enjoying the, the conversation. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, obviously, let's go back a little bit and and when that moment of kind of realization that you were. Good at football, because I think that's always uh, a really interesting thing to find out from from sports um, sportsmen and women like when when there was that kind of maybe like uh, a realization that you were actually really gifted and and knew that you could maybe do this as a as a career
0: yeah, I think it was um I always remember sort of carrying a ball in my hand as a kid. Um, so I remember, you know, being at my grandfather's house and um, they were in, lived in Kensington, and the vicarage in Kensington. My grandfather was vicar of Kensington for over 30 years. And I would always just go there with it. And they had lots of, gra- lots of you know, massive garden. And I'd be kicking it around. There was, you know, the, 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 the gatekeeper's dog would come round. And, you know, I just remember like running away from the dog with the ball, like dribbling. And I was only, you know, sort of four or five at the time. Um, and then as I sort of got older a few years, it was, you know, everyone would ask me, you know, what do you want to be when you're older? As you ask every, you know, child to ask it, mm. ask it, to ask, it to ask that question. And I'd just say, I want to be a footballer. And, um, at, at the time, you know, so this is no, so 25 years, like football football certainly wasn't, you know, there wasn't the Premier League was sort of, you know, coming into inception. Mm. Yeah. It wasn't what it is now, you know, this global machine, you know, mm. just like it's an incredible industry. And it wasn't quite like that, but it obviously had the potential to be that. So yeah. um, it wasn't like you can be a professional footballer and then, you know, you never have to work again. It was like, well, that's it's almost like a working man's, you know, perceived back then. Mm. And so I, but I was like, yeah, footballer. I want to be a footballer, definitely worth a footballer. That was what I wanted to be. And so it was probably at seven or eight where I then begun to play Sunday league. And I first, first like few months in Sunday league, I was literally, um, I was in goal. You know, my, my idol was Peter michael um, <laughs> Manchester United, and so I wanted to be like him. So I was like, I was in goal, and then it was just uh, one of the kids. I think like got a whack on his head. Uh, One of the outfield players whack on his head, and they were like, "Oh, um, we need we need an outfield player." And I was like, "Oh well, yeah, I do kick the ball normally, just but I was in goal for the team." (laughs) I was like, yeah, took the, took the goalkeeper gloves off. One of the subs, you know, came on, went in goal, and then I went out on field, and I, like, scored, like, five goals in, like, you know, sort of 15 minutes, and everyone was like, what? And we won the that game. That goalkeeper's
1: <laughs> fucking amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah literally.
0: So, um, and, then, and then I went from, from then, it was Sunday league, and... I then had a season in Sunday league it was like nine where I like scored like 100 goals in you know wow. like 30 games and it was like in the oh. sort of Elan um press or you know newspaper local newspaper something random like that and and yeah so um and then I was like oh, okay well I must be Good. And then there was these scouts floating around and sort of at 10, I then, you know, got scouted by Arsenal and sort of they, they whisked me off to um, to Hellend and uh, I sort of spent five years uh, working my way up the, the, the schoolway academy with them. And um, again, you know, massive privilege to turn up immaculate pitches, you know, mm-hmm. new boots every other month, you know, boots would come in, uh, like wow. balls, fresh balls for every game. It's like, you know, like this is... Wow. Isn't quite the real world, but um, but it was again a massive privilege. And at 15, so this was my first cruciate ligament, was at 15, but right, I was so 14 to 15, I just turned 15 in May. Um, I hadn't grown, so and I was still at Arsenal at the time, but it was the end of the season. And the academy manager at Arsenal was Liam Brady, so a famous Arsenal um, player as well. He was the academy manager, and he just pulled me aside and he was like, Look, you know, we don't. You're going to be big enough or strong enough to play for Arsenal, and I was like really scrawny, really small at the time, and um, he was like, "Look, so if you want to look for other clubs, you know, we'll be happy to let you, you know, go to them, um, you know, for free, and you know, we're happy to release you." And so we, I was like, hmm, "Okay, you know," and he sort of said, "Well, you can stay another year if you wanted, but there's, it's not likely you're going to, you know, you're going to sort of be offered." scholarship or professional term so we began speaking with other clubs and you know like of fulham crystal palace and that was when reading came in and it was brendan rogers as academy manager and he took mm. myself my father my brother up to reading to the Madejski stadium and said look this is an opportunity for you to you know come through the ranks we've been aware of you for you know a number of years um you know we think you're, you've got the quality to you know to to, to play in the first team We also think you could be one of the youngest players to to play for us as well for the first team. So, you know, come. So, yeah, so that summer I went to Reading, moved to Reading. um, And it was then sort of in October time where playing you know sort of reserve team football they were really pushing you know me to to play and I was obviously still in my final year at school so I was literally going after school wow. travel up to three times a week and then games on the weekend so playing this reserve game and against Milton Keynes and um yeah this massive centre-half was like this 15 year old annoying me you know it was a bit older must have been mid-20s and he was like okay, I'm gonna show him something and literally first tackle um after that he's come in knee high and um his literally foot has snapped my knee in half oh, and my man. knees moved in, inwards so not backwards and forwards inwards so like literally pushed against my other knee um and yeah had a massive pop everything ruptured in my knee all the ligaments anterior cruciate ligament medials cartilage gone and then i was like a bit obviously stunned in very with a lot of pain but then went to get up and as i got up my knee just gave way and i was like oh um, that shouldn't happen. Um, and then, you know, sort of on a stretcher, you know, within a day or so, I'd gone to specialists in London. They were scanning it. Then obviously spoke to the surgeon. was thinking, okay, surgeon. And again, at this point, I had no idea what was happening. And then, um, yeah, they scanned it. They did an arthroscopy into it. And the surgeon came out and said, look, you, you, you need your anterior cruciate knee ligament replaced. Um, you need a reconstruction surgery. And I was like, okay, cool. Thinking, you know, sort of, 5 6 weeks and it was like you probably going to be out of football for at least 12 months and I was like yeah. so um so yeah so then that that happened and then obviously 12 months later came back and then this time around it was it was uh, you know it was innocuous it wasn't intentional um but I unfortunately ruptured it again and then had to go through that whole period um another year out and then you know began that journey in terms of that realization uh which allowed me to then you know re- recover from that you know the, the difficult such a difficult periods and and realised my my dreams of playing playing professional football.
2: And that centre-back got sent off, didn't
0: he? No, he actually didn't. I don't think he did, yeah. Yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, it was crazy. I think there was, yeah, there was a, a... They'd caught a picture of it and it went off on the website and literally like they had to take it down you know like oh. and it was so early on where there wasn't yeah. that you know you know obviously now whenever there's a bad challenge or anything yeah. on tv they it's don't on twitter in it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah yeah but it's like literally but yeah i know you mean, they yeah. won't stream it yeah and so it wasn't like it, it was social media and all that was relatively new yeah. so it went up on the website it was like you know Robson County injury and it was like a picture and literally like the director's like that needs to come yeah. down, you know, take it. Yeah. So there is a there is a picture of it somewhere but yeah, um, it was a, <clears throat> yeah, a, a traumatic times to say the least. Yeah. yeah and
1: very difficult for you to be a, be out for that long, like a period of like, you know, a whole year of not playing, you know, rehabilitation all that must have been extremely challenging as well for you, you know, and <laughs> finding, you know, what did, what did you do in that time? I guess, you know, obviously you're trying to rehabilitate, but, you know, are you able to enjoy watching football, for example? Because, I mean, I would imagine that's quite difficult.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's difficult, yeah. So, you know, that first year, I was still at school, so I was, um, you know, still going to school uh, on crutches, um, you know, so I focused on on that and, you know, just tried to, you know, rehab as best possible, and Mm. the second second year, I was then into sort of scholarship and... um, yeah, it was full time, so uh, you yeah, know, was able to sort of dedicate everything that I had to the recovery. And uh, but yeah, it's, it's difficult periods. You know, there's there's you 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 have to just fill it with as much sort of you know, as we said, those positive actions as possible. Um, and that's what what I did was able to do. um, You know, over over a period of time. So.
2: And, and clearly, you've taken that positivity forward in your career from those, you know, from those very dark moments. And you went on loan to a couple of clubs. And we had we had uh, Jermaine Pennant on recently, he was talking about sort of the loan experience. It sort of fascinates us, really, that you're at this young age you're going to other clubs. Did were they good experiences for you? Were they lonely experiences? And obviously, I guess you're feeling quite driven at this point.
0: Yeah, so you know, it's it's 100 unless you're breaking into the first team at 16, 17, 18 need to go out and play lone, lone team football. And the reason why is because you'll go down <laughs> a tier, one or two tiers, uh, you know, sort of depending on the level you're playing at. But all of a sudden you're thrust into the men's game. Mm-hmm. And I remember being at South, South End and, you know, it was uh, training like the first, first few weeks, training, build up to the game. Okay, cool, yeah. It's just kind of what I'm used to, et cetera. And it got to the game and then it was like, like these, like the guys literally in changing. It was like, like literally like you've never seen it before boys. Let's make sure we, and it was like, and you only realize that, like these guys are paying their mortgage with this win. Yeah. You know, like, and even like we was the first year I went to South End we were in a relegation battle in the second part of the season. And it was literally like, you know, if we get relegated, the, the cleaner, you know, the canteen lady like suing the canteen that like, she's losing her job like yeah. it's and you realize literally that's the f- you, first time you realize like this is life dependent yeah. for people and, and that's what first team football is because at the highest level that's then you know the rewards are then fr- through the roof but then you have to perform and you have to deliver so you have to become robust enough to mentally understand that Every time you step foot onto a pitch, you're being judged. There's, you know, there's pressures involved, you know, there's expectations involved. And then so how do you deal with that? Like, actually, you know, because actually we're not, you're not meant to be under massive loads of pressure all the time. You're not meant to, you know, be, uh, you know, um, judged every single time, you know, judge, judged, 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 judge, you know, judged on social media, judged in the change room, judged by the manager, judged by the, you know, owner's, so how do you deal with that? So then that is how you process that information. So you deal with it by, you know, training your mind, training your brain of what actually, you know, that is perceived as pressure. I actually no, that that's not pressure to me because I don't think like that. I, I, I accept it. I embrace it. I understand that these all come with it, but I'm here to give my best. I'm here to enjoy this moment. And all of a sudden, that shift in mentality, then it doesn't matter what level of pressure, what level you play at, because the way you interpret that, that event is seen as an opportunity as opposed to adversity. So it's like it really shifts that sort of way of thinking. And so my point is, is the sooner you, you experience that initial level of you know first thing football pressure jobs are on the line then you'll then you know you can then begin to train yourself and realize and you know how do you actually deal with that and it's actually like well there's you know mechanisms there to actually embrace it and enjoy it and so actually you then can thrive off that pressure and allow that pressure to what is perceived as pressure you know as we're saying like actually that's you, you you love it you love those environments um, so yeah, so. that's
2: that's fascinating. Just so really quickly, Jaws, I'm, sh- I'm sure you got a question about how's next stage in his career. The mm-hmm. way you're talking feels like a sort of coach or manager. Have you ever thought about going to coaching or anything? Because the, the way you're talking sounds very much like it would have a positive impact on
0: on players and young players. Yeah, so I think like um, for what I'm doing now, you know, I've played. Uh, you know, I've done and achieved what I've wanted to achieve. You know, my dream was always to play in the Premier League. You know, affects you know positively. You know, my journey. You know, I've, I've done that. Fantastic. You know, so um, this next journey for me is very much around positively impacting people, mm-hmm. and we're doing this through the Tournament Co. So you know my my focus is you know how can we reach as many people as poss- possible and then share their journeys for other people to then experience this firsthand so i'm as you, you know as you you'll be fully aware of now you know i'm very passionate about the turmeric everything we're doing you know i'm living and breathing it you know we we face challenges all of, every single day we're putting out fires and we you know it's adver- there's adversity in business because again we're in the competitive landscape you know there's rising costs there's you know customers who we need to never let down you know we need to give that maintain the brand you know drive growth and so there's all of these again perceived as pressures involved um I firmly believe that this is a product and a brand which, you know, has global opportunity and can positively affect people at a global scale. And so, yeah, but to your point is that this is very much sort of where, what I'm passionate about. But of course, you know, at some point, you know, in the future, I would love to, you know, explore the opportunity of management, you know, in football, because I think there is, you know, a lot of, gaps and opportunities mm. which actually aren't realized and aren't capitalized on and um like i said i think it's um it, 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 it would interest me one hundred percent but it's uh, it's always always a uh, timing is fundamental and so yeah. you know for me i'm i'm having this period now where Obviously, you know, I'm very much still involved in football, uh, you know, we'll still speak with lots of different players, speak with a number of managers, speak with a number of coaches, obviously involved from a media perspective as well. So, you know, I'm I'm very much keeping my finger on the pulse in terms of, you know, the sport. But as I said, in a few years, you know, whether it's five, six, seven years, you know, I want to do it correctly and, and, and really sort of make it a discipline, you know, for for, for me to, to do and achieve. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I was going to ask you about um uh Euro 2016 which I know you probably get asked about quite a lot because you know, he <laughs> scored a fairly good goal in it if I remember correctly. But um uh that must have been an amazing tournament uh, and and obviously as a squad you looked like so together and uh it just was it just was a wonderful thing to watch. Obviously we weren't involved as uh, <laughs> it's as much but um yeah, just tell me a little bit about that if you if you're happy to talk about it because it's just it just seemed like a really fantastic time and a, a
0: maybe a, a great time for you in your career. Yeah, of course. You know, the, these are life changing moments. You know, to, to score that that goal on that stage at that time, like yes, you, you, you don't do things like that. Like that doesn't normally happen. You know, so these are one off experiences where, as I said, you know, because of that discipline, mm. you know, that affirmation of me, those positive choices and those positive steps that I made throughout my career to allow me the best opportunity to then do that on a stage like that. Like that's only as a result of that. You know, mm. and so yeah, so you know, there's yeah, life changing, incredible, you know, the 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 experience of what we did for the nation uh within the tournament and how we, you know, we then became you know that we were carrying them you know Britain you know it was the home nation, yeah. you know yeah. everyone was supporting us like you yeah. know and and so you know to to do that was a very very special time um and yeah we from from a sort of nation perspective we we showed you know the little boys and girls that you can compete at this level you know you can believe in yourself and you can come up against the the best in the world um you know on on, on a global international stage and, and perform and and show up and, and deliver and um yeah it was a special time like we still we still feel we you know we could have you know, gone gone on further than we did. Obviously, getting knocked out in the semi-finals by Portugal. Um, but again, even that, you know, there was, um, yeah, they they sat off us. They showed us like incredible respect. I've never seen you know a Portugal team you know do that to, to anyone before. So, yeah, they um, they ended up winning it on a set piece, which is uh, you know Ronaldo um, corner. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, so no, it was um, everyone did themselves justice. And as I said, you know, we we really. Positively impacted a nation, and and we've left a, a legacy in, in the wake of it.
2: I want to ask about your summer then, because I think you think you'd been released by Reading. So I think right, I think you were unattached during that
0: tournament. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So I'd so I'd run my contract down at Reading, and so Reading wanted to re-sign, but I obviously was aware that I was going to a major tournament. Um, you know, had interest from other clubs, and so. Um, we ended up leaving, leaving Redding that summer. And so it was unattached and available. So yeah, rather than make a decision before the tournament, we, um, we yeah. went into the tournament and obviously played. And, you know, the, the aim was to, you know, I wanted to play in the Premier League, um, you know, for, for a team where, you know, I could sort of use my attributes, you no know, sort of physicality. You know, I was, uh, you know, that was one of my strengths in, in, in my game. And, um, yeah, uh, I think um, there were some crazy offers which came in from, you know, China and um, UAE and Russia and Turkey um, and, you know, quite a few decent offers in the UK and other parts of Europe. But yeah, in the end, sort of West Brom was a, a really good place for, for me to go and, um, you know, sort of Carry on and progress sort of my, my career and, and playing, continue to play in the Premier League. And so, you know, we went and did that. And the first year was was fantastic. You know, we uh, I think we finished, uh, I think it was ninth, the eighth or ninth in the Premier League. And yeah, it was a, a really, really good, good period for sure. Yeah, you're right. Talk about talk about shop
2: window. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't have done more. Just really quickly back on on that goal. And if any of our listeners haven't watched it, do go and do go and Google it. It's against Belgium in the quarters, I think. Yeah. And how does a sort of Cruyff turn in the box, taking out two players and then finishes. It's probably one of the, I remember watching it, it's probably one of the most aesthetically pleasing goals I think I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And I I know that top level sportsmen don't, you're not really thinking in moments. I guess you just kind of do things. was anything going through your mind at that point before you'd pulled out the Cruyff turn or was it
0: just complete instincts? Yeah, it was just pure instinct. It was just, you know, that, that moment and, you know, the direction of travel, where the ball was and sort of space available. And, yeah, they the defenders just went for it fully. I, I didn't expect them to go for it as much as they did. But, um, yeah, and then um, capitalised on it and... And stuck it into the back of the net, which was, was the key key part.
2: Afterwards, are you thinking I can't believe I've just scored this? I'm, so, I'm sorry, I'm sure you've been asked about this loads, but are you thinking afterwards? Bloody hell! I've just scored an amazing goal.
0: Yeah, no. To be honest, like we because we went into the quarters and we were up against Belgium. Belgium were the number one ranked team in the world at yeah. that time. Mm. So I think their starting eleven was worth over half a billion pounds. Oh, that's crazy! Um, well. crazy. Yeah, been paid. You know, so we were we were much the underdogs so it wasn't even like and they scored early on and it was like like Belgium they are top team one of the best teams I've ever played against you know in, in, in my life and so you're thinking this is it's going to be a long long 90 minutes here yeah. we're 1-0 down early on and we just dug deep and you know we just showed that resilience and you know we then began to get a bit of a foothold in the game you know Aaron Ramsey started coming into the game Gareth Bell started coming into the game and just before half time you know actually Williams has popped up with a corner, um, you know, one-one, and it's like, oof, we're in this. Um, and we went into halftime and we were, you know, we we just we had we had it by, by by the neck and we knew that there was an opportunity here to do something like incredible. And um, yeah, came out second half and you know, sort of sparred with them for a period, and then I think it was sort of in the 65th minute or 60, you know, 67th minute. There was just, you know, good bit of play, Joe Allen, into Bale, then to uh, Ramsey, and Ramsey obviously delivered it into the box. And as I said, that was just pure instinct. And, you know, into the back of the net with 2-1 up and the joy, the elation. Yeah. And so I wasn't thinking the goal that I've just scored, I'm thinking we're 2-1 up against Belgium in the quarterfinals. So it was only until after where we won, obviously won the game, ended up winning it 3-1, back in the changing room, you know, obviously after all the celebrations on the the pitch, we sat down and literally like the boys are like, Bro, that's dude, that, that's that was <laughs> incredible. Like, I was like, what? I was like, yeah, I can't believe we through to the same finals. They were like, no, 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 like it's still like have you seen that on you know, Twitter and they showed it and it was like been viewed like, you know, three, four, five million times of wow. an hour. And it was, and that was sort of the moment where I realised, oh, okay, that was quite a good goal. Mm. But
1: really it. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um,
0: but no, as I said, it was a very special time for for, for the nation and for Britain generally as well. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully they can, uh, you know, recreate that into uh, into the Qatar World Cup this uh, this summer.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, well, i ask you one last thing because, you know, I really appreciate all your time today. I've got one more as well, if that's all right. Oh, okay, but, yeah. okay, so we've got two more, sorry. Um, it, back back to the turmeric thing. I think I, I don't, want you, obviously don't want you to give away the special recipe uh, f- for your particular product, but are, for people that might be wanting to get into taking turmeric as a regular thing, are there, there are certain things. Am I right in thinking there are certain things that you need to have alongside the turmeric? Now, I think when I took turmeric cap capsules it used to come with black pepper so i think that, that there are certain elements you need to use to sort of to make sure it absorbs into your system am i right in thinking that
0: yeah yeah definitely so and it's also the format that you consume it in so mm-hmm. it's like um as soon as you you know you powder um, or you dry any form of ingredient you know you're compromising the nutritional makeup of that product you know that that raw material and so we're very much firm believers of you know that food first approach so how can you how can we get the raw turmeric roots alongside other potent highly effective high quality ingredients Mm -hmm. into a format which is then easily consumed and so you know like you said there's capsules out there there's powders there's tablets there's different mechanisms of turmeric or it's active uh, in uh, one of its active compounds curcumin which is the the most renowned and sold Mm -hmm. um but there are over 100 different curcuminoids inside of the raw root. Oh, okay. So now there's research ongoing around, okay, well, actually, what? how do the active curcuminoids and the other active compounds in the raw root interact with one another to mm-hmm. offer these functional health beneficial properties? And so not only... Is there that element? So you know powders, you know liquids, you know the compounds, uh, capsules—all of these for us is you know a waste of time because actually you should be eating a food-first approach generally in your diet. So if Mm -hmm. you can achieve that, make that uh, make that the first option, and then obviously the second one is you could now go down the you know street to the local market and you might find some small bunches of turmeric. And you could eat a kilogram of the turmeric, but you actually will get very little nutritional value from the functional compounds of turmeric by doing that because the active compounds aren't readily absorbed or easily absorbed in the human body. Mm. So you have to have it with another active compound right. called piperine extract which is found in black pepper to the correct volume you know correct sort of ratio to enhance the absorption of the active compounds of turmeric and so if you do that correctly you can increase the bioavailability, i.e. the absorption of these active compounds, by up to 2,000%. So alongside that, you also want to have it alongside a fat-soluble. So basically like an oil. So in ours, you know, we'll use flax oil, we'll use olive oil and that, and that's a combination, you know, in the suspense of the raw turmeric alongside, obviously, the raw ginger, alongside, you know, the, the, the crushed whole watermelons that we use with obviously then the pineapples and pomegranates and that is our blend and so we what we've done we've perfected this extraction technique we've we've perfected uh, basically obviously that the blend mechanism of of processing and it's unique to us. No one else does it like us. No one else can do it like us. Um, you know, and it's it's an IP of ours. You know, it's, it's uh, you know protected. Uh, you know, from from sort of uh, from an IP perspective, as as uh, almost like our secret recipe and blend, makeup and process, um, and that's what delivers. You know, the, the high quality high functioning product which now you know as i said you know we're we're servicing tens of thousands of people you know on a daily basis and we want to be doing more you know we want we want hundreds of thousands you know we want millions of people using this range you know our product range on a daily basis and you know that's that's our, our ambition because we know you know the impact that that's going to and that that sea change you know that shifts like i said you know imagine that imagine imagine being able to achieve that and having that level of Positive affirmation in the world. Yeah. You know, and it's like that's like that for us is that's what get that's what inspires us, you know. And that's why why I'm so passionate when I say when I talk about you know the HFSS regulation incoming, you know, the high fat, high sugar salt regulation, and these companies, these snack companies or fast food companies who have monopolies on the media, monopolies on the attention yeah. of consumers. Yeah. So they're influencing consumer behavior in a negative way. Mm. So rather than that positive affirmation, each time a kid has a chocolate bar at a time where they should be having a staple part of their nutrition, so, you know, for lunch, okay, I'm not going to have lunch. I'm going to have a chocolate bar instead. I'm going to have a chocolate bar instead. I'm going to have this soda can, this Coca-Cola, this, you know, this Fanta, this pe- and they're replacing those staple cornerstones of their nutritional makeup with these snacks. And don't get me wrong, I love Coke. I love Coca-Cola. Everyone remembers the advert, you know, the Christmas advert of Coca-Cola. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that, that was ingrained in our psyche. Yeah. But it was it's having a negative impact on society to the point now where since lockdown, one in four kids are leaving primary school obese. Wow. You know? There are significant health issues across society, not only in the UK, but internationally because of the monopoly that, as I said, the snack, junk, food brands have on, you know, our information, what our children and what we saw growing up, you know. And so HFSS regulation is coming in and there's now been a bit of backlash because the government have pulled away from it and said okay well no we're not going to you know ban uh, you know hfss companies from advertising just yet we're not gonna we're not gonna stop them having center stage an aisle running buy one get one free promotions on this junk food which is destroying the lives of families you know through obesity through through disease you know it's all through it's all a combination of you know diet environment you know and and obviously you know the, the the way that we we perceive the world and so the change has to happen and and that's what you know, we're, we're really passionate about. We work with, you know, we're now partnered with over 20 elite sports teams and organisations, you know, we're driving change and we're saying, you know, w- healthy food companies should be, you know, supported. That should be the emphasis to deliver convenient, cost-effective food options for people in all walks of life. Like that should be, like, a fundamental, yeah. you know, policy of our society because, like we said, you know, there's a reason why there's never been the level, the highest level of disease globally that there is today. You know, if you go to America, like, yeah. like the, you know, it's it's really pe- people, a lot of people are suffering and, and we don't know why. You know, it's like, oh, why is yeah. this happening? Well, no, because we've been brought up to think that, you know, stopping at a fast food drive through is something that... Is acceptable to do six out of seven days of the week, and sometimes two times a day. And actually, then the kids, three, four, five year olds, that's like I said, the staple part of their diet when they get home. Okay, it's a pizza, you know, it's fried, fried, fried chicken, processed food, processed meats, and it's like, well, no, like that. It it, it, it wasn't like that, and that's why you know the, this uh, you know the change in terms of education awareness it, it, it has to happen and we're you know we're we're massive believers believers of this and, and the impact that it can have you need to be
2: health minister how or something like that because uh <laughs> yeah i think you're absolutely set up for that big time
0: and you could uh yeah yeah no no, no I, I don't know about that but um i i'm i'm yeah i'm definitely you know i want to affect change and there's uh you know there's decisions being made all of the time which fundamentally show that the health and wellness of society is not the priority of yeah. you know the, the infrastructures that we we we're beholden to so i can yeah. feel your passion i can feel your passion about that coming through
1: So how for anyone um, that wants to uh try out some of your shots where can they go to get <laughs>
0: To get yeah stuff. so uh, literally like as, as I said we, we made it as convenient as possible for, for people um, and so we're you know we, we're set up online and you can you know purchase one-off orders or a subscription uh, order um, super easy um, visit us at theturamic.co or just type in theturamic.co into google and you know we'll, we'll, we'll pop up and um, you can obviously also find us on all of the social channels you know we're always building content you know driving awareness education sharing in the, you know the journeys and experiences of our customers and and, and audience and community and uh, yeah uh, as I said you can also find me I'm quite active on on platforms such as LinkedIn and and Twitter so if you have any questions or you know want to reach out to me you can can do so on those and I I, I see it so uh, yeah uh, hopefully it was uh, informative for everyone and it's been a pleasure speaking with you both so thank you very much
1: yeah no thank you and um, we'll obviously put links to all those things in the show notes so yeah thanks so much for your time today how it's been honestly it's been a real education actually really yeah. uh, and I've, I've opened up the the page i'm going to order some now. yeah me so. too yeah i'm looking forward to trying some
0: brilliant no well uh, absolute pleasure so um no just can't thank you guys enough for giving the giving the platform so yeah hopefully it goes down well
2: top man thank you <laughs> Carnu on the Blank podcast. What a fascinating guy. What a fantastic story, and what a fantastic future. You know, um, you look at what he's doing now 10,000 people, lives changed really by this. I keep calling it a potion because that's what it feels like. It feels like, it feels like mm, a, a, did, magical, a it? Disney potion. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's a lovely story and it's a very positive one. And we like positivity on this podcast as well. So thank you so much to Hal for coming on, talking about his journey, you know, including some very painful. Moments really and some dark moments as well. And, uh, but the fact that he's come out of those a changed man and is now changing other people's lives, I think, it's very inspirational. So it was a joy to talk to him and, and obviously indulging in that Wales 2016 summer, which just, you know, I, he was right. The nation got behind really because, mm. um, England weren't doing so well. Ireland went, I think, and got knocked out early. And I don't think yeah. Scotland were there. So they really did carry the, uh, the hopes and dreams of everybody. And, uh, yeah fantastic summer for the welsh there so yeah thank you Hal for just uh being a great guest yeah it was it was really really fascinating
1: really fascinating all the sort of uh the, the the general kind of talk about the, the turmeric and the, the properties that it can do for your body and you know I, I i'm sort of having a little bit of a journey with regards to nutrition and stuff recently i've been I'm, we talked about it a bit before we recorded about um sort of having a more low carb diet and how I've been, that's really helped energize me. Now I'm not, I'm not saying this is for everybody. I'm not a dietitian, but I think we we all go for a journey of finding things that, you know, will help our lives in some way. I mean, and I think for me, like it was really interesting hearing about the turmeric thing because I've, I've had, I've tried turmeric capsules before with, with um, pepper because you need pepper in to, Mm to get your body to absorb it. Um, and um but it's also interesting to find out that that's ne- not necessarily the best way to consume turmeric you know like actually the natural ingredients from a shot um or you know uh, a liquid form is much much better much more potent and much better for your system so it was great to hear all those things as well and learn the sort of that scientific bit of it and um yeah i hope that lots of people benefit and i'm certainly going to try um some
2: of the turmeric co stuff I'm going to order some, I think. Yeah, me too. So we'll put a link below in the Mm. show notes so you can check that out if it sounds like something that you might benefit from. Uh, And that's the beauty of these pods, isn't it? Hopefully putting out these positive messages and these things that people can try and uh, hoping to affect everyone's life in a positive way. Uh, Mm. So hopefully you've enjoyed this pod, found it interesting, and might now even be able to do something that makes you feel more energized and fitter and just better. And, you know, that's that's a lovely co-benefit of these pods, hopefully. So thank you, Hal, for bringing that into our lives and being a a fascinating guest. It was was an absolute joy, absolute joy to talk to him. Um, If you'd like to get in contact with us and let let us know what episodes you're listening to at the moment, your takeaways, anything like that, we're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And our handle for all three is... At blank pod, it is indeed, uh, and that's it for this week. We'll be back next week with another guest on the blank podcast. Uh, but until then, Jars, have uh, have a good week. Take
1: care. <laughs> you sort of uh, people can't see you, obviously, but you sort of winced when did like, I have a good week?
2: <laughs> like ooh, ooh have, a, have a good week. Maybe ooh, yeah. see what happens. No, I mean it. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> Ah, uh, so heartfelt. <laughs> uh, and that extends to all our listeners, of course. Take care. We'll see you again next week on the Black Podcast. Until then. Yeah, actually, no, you did, didn't wince when you said no, it. No, I didn't. Yeah, it's interesting, wasn't it? A bit mm. subconscious subconscious there. Uh, anyway, Charles and I will go off there and delve into that, why that happened. But in the meantime, have a great week. We'll see you next week on the Black Podcast. Goodbye. <laughs>